Now, history tells us that Paul was now accused by the Jews, and he was sent to appear before Nero. But to save his own skin, Felix sided with the Jews and left Paul bound to show the Jews a pleasure. And here is where the rubber met the road. Here's where the decision was made by Felix. He chose to please the Jews and reject the message of the gospel that was preached by the apostle Paul. Now, Christ's rejection, of course, is soon exposed. In fact, Felix was eventually exposed here. And you are exposed when you choose your friends. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak, and today again we're turning to the book of Acts to look at the message of Paul standing before Felix, preaching righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. What a bold preacher the Apostle Paul was. He was already in danger, and yet he added to that danger by challenging Felix about his intemperate, ungodly lifestyle. That's our message today, but firstly we begin with Psalm 23, verse 5, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. O oh, the blessedness of the full soul. This follows the opening theme of I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Therefore my soul is full. This has been called the Nightingale's Psalm, the small bird that cannot stop singing. It is full of life, and so should we be full of soul. This is the soul that is living on the gospel of Christ. Psalm 23 follows the cross work. Christ has all grace flowing from his redemption to fully satisfy our souls. No believer should go empty or hungry. Our theme here is the Lord feeding our souls. Give us a daily feast, a spiritual banquet. The sheep in the Lord's fold has this blessed experience. The Lord has no starving sheep. Now we have here a replenished table. It's prepared just as daily bread is promised for our bodies, so there is daily grace for our souls. The table of the Lord never goes empty. We receive of the Lord's fullness, and he gives grace for grace. And that's a Hebrewism for doubling of terms, equal abundance. And so there is grace for your soul. There is no lack. The reservoir of grace has not dried up. Before, that means you're personal for all believers. This is set before us. We now must avail ourselves and eat to the full. The grace of yesterday will be replaced and replenished. Our hearts are incapable of storing up grace, just as our bodies need daily food. There's no point in talking about how good last Christmas dinner was or the gospel blessings of last year. Now is the time to eat, to satisfy your soul, and now is the time the Lord will meet the need of your heart and your inner life. May the Lord draw near and minister to your heart today. May there be a replenished table in your 
heart that will delight your soul. Thank you for being a part of our program, and I trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you stay tuned with us here at Let the Bible Speak. Let's have a short prayer. Let us look to the Lord to bless his word and to encourage you wherever you are at today. Father, we praise thee in Jesus' name for the gospel of redemption. We thank thee that you have purchased abundant life for every one of your people. There is no hungry sheep when the shepherd is in the fold. And Lord, we bid thee to come and to feed our souls today, that you will give to us grace for grace, more and more of that power of the Lord that we need in our hearts. So minister to us today and bless your word. Encourage every soul. Lift up the the lonely and the bereaved and the sorrowing. Give joy and gladness to your people that we may rejoice in thee through your word. We ask all of this through Jesus' name. Amen. listening to Let the Bible Speak, and we're moving now to the message from the pulpit of our church on Paul standing before Felix. Acts chapter 24, verse 24. And here in 2 Peter 1, 3, it says, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Now notice this divine power that's given unto us. Do you experience that in your life? If you're a Christian, you should. If you are a believer in the Lord Jesus, you will have some degree of this divine power at work in your life. Now, you don't become a god. You don't become divine. But it is spiritual, God-given spiritual power that enables you to resist sin. And when you know that something's wrong, when you know something is contrary to God's standard, you're on God's side. You want to be holy, and God gives you the power, the strength to be holy, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Now, when... Paul would have preached those things to Felix. He trembled. He didn't have that power. The history books tell us something of the scandalous, wretched life that he was living. 
He was known as a, a gangster. He had around him a mob of assassins. And anyone that got in his way, anyone that he thought was opposing him, he arranged their assassination very easily. He was a cruel, vicious, intemperate man, controlled by the passions of his lust and power. And here is Paul preaching to him temperance. Now, I wonder tonight, do you really have the power of the gospel in your life? You see, it would be very wrong to call yourself a Christian, to say, I'm okay, I'm right, I'm, I'm good. It would be wrong for you to say, I'm doing okay, if you don't have the power to resist sin. Now, I'm not claiming to be omniscient and know the life that you're living, the, the way that you think, the talk, the temptations you face, and the defeats you have in your heart. But if you don't have victory over sin, you need the Lord in your life. He's the answer. He gives divine power to overcome such uncleanness. Also, we go now to the third thing that Paul accused him of or, or exposed in Felix's life, and he exposed Felix as the accuser. You see, Felix came out here as a judge, and he was to be the accuser of Paul. He wanted to hear from him. He wanted to hear the case and the issues that the Jews were saying about him. But when Paul had opportunity to take that podium and he preached righteousness, uh, temperance, he also preached judgment to come. And in a way, Paul the apostle flipped the tables. It was supposed to be Felix accusing Paul. But in, when Paul began to preach and preach judgment to come, it was the apostle Paul accusing this man Felix. Now, Paul preached to him of this judgment that sin can be excused in this world, but not in the next, because there's a judgment day coming. Felix, you can get away. You can bully your way around in this world, but there's a coming a day that you'll bow the knee at the very bema seat of God's judgment, and you will answer for every one of your crimes and every one of your sins. Your wrongs may be covered over in the darkness of night here on earth, but in that judgment day, the light of God's excruciating, searching, laser beam of search will, will, will find you out. No wonder Felix trembled as Paul preached these things unto him. Now, what excuses are men making today? Many say exactly what Felix was saying, that they could get away with so many things. And of course, men accuse that the Bible is not accurate. But one day, this Bible will judge men. All men will stand judged by this book, this word. Now maybe, maybe you've grown up in a Christian home, maybe you've gone many times to a Christian church, and you have some knowledge of the Bible. But if you're not saved, if you're not a Christian, and you die without Christ, this book will not be a blessing to you. It will judge you. It'll judge you. And you ought to tremble tonight at this word. We read in Isaiah 66 that the Lord looks to him that trembles at his word. Every Christian, in a sense, trembles at the Bible. We fear God's word. 
We fear his laws, his judgments, his standards, because God is righteous and holy. We fear that we one day will give account of our words and deeds. But remember also that while we are accused by our misdeeds, that the Lord Jesus went to the cross and our sins were laid on him. This is the message of the gospel. In, while we reverence God's book, we don't tremble that we'll lose our souls because we have a Savior, and he was accused, he was rejected, and he was judged. He took our judgment for us at the cross, and there he paid the penalty, paid the price, that we would be saved. Number four, Paul also exposed Felix as the Christ rejecter. If you go down to verse 27, uh, you'll notice that um, it says there that after two years, Porcius Festus came into Felix's room, and Felix, willing to show the Jews a pleasure, left Paul bound. Now, history tells us that Paul was now accused by the Jews, and he was sent to appear before Nero. But to save his own skin, Felix sided with the Jews and left Paul bound to show the Jews a pleasure. And here is where the rubber met the road. Here's where the decision was made by Felix. He chose to please the Jews and reject the message of the gospel that was preached by the apostle Paul. Now, Christ's rejection, of course, is soon exposed. And Felix was eventually exposed here. And you are exposed when you choose your friends. What's really in your heart will be determined by the friends you make. Or it may be the pe person you plan to marry. If you marry someone who's out of Christ, who's not a Christian, who doesn't love the Lord or has no time for the Lord, will never join you in prayer or agree with you in your uh, values as a Christian, then you're being exposed. You're also exposed when you choose the job offer. Uh, that means turning your back on the principles of the Bible. Say you got a call to work at a casino, a place that it's, it's just a den of iniquity, a place of corruption where you have to sell out your conscience to serve men. That would expose you. Or when you favor the company of the world in their parties and their ways, as opposed to the people of God in the Lord's house. You're exposed when you refuse the godly standards of a Christian home, and you walk away, and you say, I just want away from this. I don't want to have to listen to a, a praying mother and a father that cares for my soul. Walk away. You're exposing yourself, just as Felix did. Or the moment that you walk out the door without repentance, even tonight, if you sit through this gospel meeting and go away without repenting and turning to the Lord, what are, what are you doing? You're exposing yourself to be like Felix, a rejecter of the message of the gospel. Now, do not think that you can sit on the fence even for one day. Do you tremble at these things? Now, see how Felix trembled at this preaching. He stood accused. And tonight, if you're not a Christian, if you're not saved, let me ask you how long it has been that you're rejecting the message of the gospel since a little 
take when your mother taught you those gospel stories from the earliest days in Sunday school when you joined in the singing and the Bible lessons or in the church services where you just walked away. It's easy to be a Christ rejecter, but you ought to tremble. Paul also exposed Felix as the procrastinator. In these verses, you'll notice that uh, Felix says in verse 25, he said to him, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. Now that sounds like someone that's fairly well convinced. When I have a convenient season, I will call. But that convenient season never came. And as we discover there, two years later, his heart was hardened. He rejected the message. He was a procrastinator because he put off the very message of the Lord Jesus. Now, I hadn't planned to preach on this, but just before we came out to the service, I read an account in Harry Ironside's book uh, on Felix that he attended a gospel campaign by D.L. Moody in Los Angeles. And when uh, that great campaign was underway, there were 10,000 people in attendance one evening, and D.L. Moody asked everyone that was a Christian to stand up. They estimated there were about 6,000 out of 10,000 who stood to their feet to declare that they were Christians. And then he went down decade by decade, and he said, now those people that were converted in their first 10 years of life, sit down. Then he asked all those who were converted before there were 20, sit down. And he went right down through each decade. And Harry Ironside said it was an object lesson right before his eyes that the number of people who are converted beyond their 20s is very limited. Now, I'm not going to play with numbers. He didn't give exact numbers in that account. And of course, there are some people who get saved later in life, but in the scale of things, there are few. And you must realize tonight that if you put off the decision to accept the Lord Jesus, that it's going to get harder and harder and harder to come to the Savior. The web of this world will weave a web of deceit to ensnare you more and more in your sin. And most Christians are converted in their early teens, in their teens or twenties. What age are you tonight? Is it not time that you truly repented and accepted the gospel of the Lord Jesus? Then there's something else I have to warn you about and that is that there are those who have a seared conscience, a conscience that is beyond feeling. I read a story of a little girl in London, and she held up her, her wrist one day to her mother, and she said, my hand is bent the wrong way, and her wrist was broken, but she didn't feel a pain, not a thing. She had no tears, no pain, no agony, and that was when she was four years old. When she was six, her parents noticed her walking with a limp, and they discovered that she had a broken ankle, but she had no pain. And it turned out that they diagnosed her with a condition called ganglioneuropathy, and it's a disease of the nervous system where there is no sense of feeling. 
and the person goes on and on to injure themselves unknowingly. It's a bit like leprosy has that problem as well. And the Bible describes sin like leprosy. And sin leaves people numb, feelingless. And you end up with a seared conscience. You reject the Lord to the point where your conscience doesn't answer to the call of God. And that means a person in that condition is dwelling in a doomed body with a doomed soul. May as well be in hell already, hopeless, beyond redemption. Now, I wonder tonight, are you in danger of crossing that line? Surely it's time for you to seek the Lord. As Paul stood before Felix, he didn't make it easy for him, did he? Indeed, Paul further risked his own life. He was bold and courageous, faithful to God and to men. That's how I've sought to be to you tonight. And in eternity, we'll both stand at that judgment seat. I as the preacher, you as the hearer. I will have to give account for what I have preached tonight, and you will have to give account for what you've heard. How will you answer? Are you saved? Are you born again? Is your trust in the Lord Jesus as your Savior? Now, we don't read a thing about Felix being saved, not a thing. He departed. And we all we're told the last line is that he was willing to show the Jews a pleasure. It's a sad end, ending to the chapter. Don't let that be the, your ending tonight. But come, believe, trust, accept the Savior. I pray the Lord will save you. I pray the Lord will call you and that you will hear that call and be saved. to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and the message today has been Paul before Felix, Acts 24-24. This is real history. This is a real event where Paul stood before this king and warned him about his intemperate, ungodly lifestyle. And of course, we read here that Felix trembled and shows you that the gospel had a tremendous impact there was a cutting edge to the message that put something of the fear of God into his heart. And this is because all men have a conscience. And when we hear the truth, there is a response to that. There is a little preacher inside our hearts that tell us right from wrong. And you will have that same conscience telling you if something is accurate. Now, Felix made many excuses. And of course, men make excuses today. 
Some of them that were listed in the message here today is, well, I can get away with this. Well, no doubt people get away with sin for a time. But the very fact that there is a judgment day and a judgment seat prearranged, God has ordained this, and on that day he will bring everything to light. He will bring everything into focus, and then men will not escape. And that ought to be a warning to your heart. Some say that the Bible is not accurate, that it's filled with inaccuracies. Well, as pointed out in the message today, we need to remember that one day this book will judge men. And while today men sit in judgment of the Bible, on that day the Bible will judge men. This is the standard to which every man, every man will be held. This is the book that will be the very measurement of right and wrong. And I trust that you are searching that Bible, seeking to know its standard, and seeking to know the Savior that will bring you to peace with God. Also, if you die without Christ, the Bible will judge you. And that also was noted in the message today. And therefore, we ought to tremble at God's Word. This book ought to make us literally tremble in our boots, because we are to come to God's Word reverently, knowing that this Word will be our judge on that eternal day. Now, the gospel message, of course, is that our sins are led on Jesus. Those that have believed on the Lord and have called upon him have this assurance that Christ died in their place. And he died on the cross 2,000 years ago to offer up a sacrifice, the payment for sin that would turn away God's wrath. Now, that same blood, that same sacrifice is effectual and powerful today because on the cross Jesus died as a priest, offering up the blood upon the altar of Calvary. But now the Lord Jesus is alive and he is taking that same blood, entering into the presence of God to intercede and to plead for us. And that blood has lost none of its ancient power, but is still the power of God to ransom men from their sins. So don't think that this is some kind of quaint history that has no relevancy today. No, the Lord Jesus is alive. He rose from the dead on the third day. He ascended into the right hand of the Father, and there he is now our high priest, interceding, taking his own blood, appearing before God, and making intercession for sinners. And I bid you to come and put your faith in the Lord Jesus today. You may be like Felix, you're trembling, you're wondering about all your sins, you're wondering about the things you've done wrong, the things you've failed to do, and the things you ought never to have done. Well, praise God, there is peace through the gospel. And if I can be of any personal help, make sure you get in touch. The announcements are coming up. Have pen and paper ready, and I trust you'll stay tuned for these five. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.l tbs.ca 
CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music